think also part of right. the trouble hey. with patriarchy is that kind of grab of power is not only men to women, but also men to other men that they can dominate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and I have I have felt the sting of that. You felt the sting yes, of that, where men right. have, have meddled and have done things that were inappropriate. And yes, it's really about their own self preservation. I'm William. I'm Dave. Dave is my pastor. Willie is a hospice chaplain. And we've been friends for more than 20 years. We've had thousands of conversations about things that matter and things that don't. So now we're inviting you to join in. Each week we pull a topic out of the hopper and talk about it. This is the Hopper Podcast. All right. Good morning, Willie, and welcome to the Hopper Podcast listeners. Um, yeah. It is the last day of November. That is when we're recording, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then in a couple of weeks, this will roll out. It'll be like mid-December. Yeah. Christmas will be approaching. Yes. So I was thinking okay. we should talk a little bit about favorite Christmas movies. All right. You know, families and couples and people will watch uh, the same movies year after year, only at Christmas time. Do you have uh-huh. any movies like that? I don't think I have any movies that I watch every year, mm-hmm. but there's movies that I really like a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen Uncle Buck? Yes, of course. Uncle Buck, I think, is uh, the most underrated Christmas movie. Oh, okay. Fair uh, enough. So if people say this is a, these are movies that we watch every year. You yeah, know, it's a yeah, Wonderful yeah. Life and uh-huh, A Christmas uh-huh. Story. And, um, but, but this one is a, it's a Christmas time yeah. movie. John Candy. John Candy at his best. Yes, yes, um, yes. had a young Macaulay Culkin uh-huh. uh, back when he was cute. Yes. You know, I don't know if you've seen pictures of him as an adult. He's uh, not so cute. It, he looks like he's been working on the Walking Dead set, um, but, but he's actually done. He's gotten better. He's yeah. um, he went through a really really rough patch, but I think that he's healthier now. Yeah, children stars often still do not that, cute, don't. but he doesn't look like the Walking <laughs> Dead anymore. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that movie. No, but is this great. is when he was little. I think it was before Home Alone. Yes. Yeah, he was very about that time. Yeah, very small. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, had lots of cutesy lines in the movie. Yes. Uh, a very family friendly. Yes. Uh, just warm hearted. You know the the estranged uncle who's a gambler who won't take any responsibility. Right. And there's an emergency situation where he now has to watch his brother's kids, three of them. Yeah. And uh, the dog and take care of the house, and he's he's thrown into being a a, a dad, mm-hmm. uh, and has to learn some responsibility that way. It's a good movie. It's a fun movie. I don't think of it as a Christmas movie, but I guess it is. Yeah, I mean, why not? Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Um, I also, of course, I, well, there are more standard ones that I like a lot. Mm-hmm. I like um, National Lampoon's Christmas uh, Vacation. Yes. That's a classic. Yes. Yes, so that has so many lines, and, and yes, it's, very it's been quotable. around for a long time now. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I can remember um, how my, my um, understanding of that movie has changed. Okay. Over the years. Oh. So <clears throat> I watch it now, and the scene where he, he puts that uh, coating on the saucer and zips down yeah, the hill, yeah, yeah. I think is ridiculous, right? Yeah, I think uh-huh. it's so campy and, yeah, and cheesy. Yeah, I skip through that part when I'm yeah, yeah. not interested in that part. Yeah, but I, I remember seeing this movie for the first time as a kid, and yeah. that was my favorite scene. No kidding. Because I was young and physical comedy and yeah. you know, just, yeah, just a yeah, different... Yeah different stage of life okay now of course i've 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 been married 25 years and i've really dialed into the 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 conflict between his in-laws yes yes <laughs> yes yes it's so funny you know it's hilarious he does all this work putting the lights on the house and they're out there and uh-huh. uh, he finally gets them all lit up and his father-in-law uh, the little lights aren't twinkling, Clark. You know, <laughs> thanks for noticing. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. What is it? You're, uh, is it a reservation at the nut house? You know, <laughs> what, what that line is. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, there's a bunch of good ones. Um, we also like the Muppet Christmas Carol. That's a great one. Okay. The okay. Yeah, I yeah. don't think I've seen that in years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's got a lot of fun fun lines in it mm-hmm. as well not it's not hilarious but it's it's uh it's silly and fun yeah. and the christmas carols are just a great story yeah. yeah yeah what do you think of elf yeah i'm uh i don't see the hype about it yeah but it's okay 
it's think okay. It's a good family. It's it's in the same vein with Christmas Vacation to me. It's just like a, a an older. I'm sorry, a younger generation. Oh, I, fair I think enough. Eventually, right. it'll be it'll be kind of one of the classics of yeah. you know family holiday films. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. It's wholesome. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, oh, he's an angry elf. You know that that <laughs> conflict there is a is a right. really funny scene. Right, 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 right. Yeah, there's there's definitely some some fun scenes in it. But and I like Will Ferrell. Um, yeah, it's it, it's a fine movie. It, I guess it's I don't have the nostalgia about it because right, me neither. I'm right. I was older when right. Yeah, yeah but yeah, I think yeah. I think young people will. That makes sense. I hadn't yeah. thought about it. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, hey, listen. Um, I ran into one of our listeners not long ago, mm-hmm. a guy named William. Yeah. So not me, but a guy named William. You didn't and, run into yourself? Well, I, I do do that sometimes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But I ran I ran into a guy named William, and he's a listener of the show, and he had a question that he was uh, – a topic that he wanted us to talk about. Great. And so I pulled out my phone, and I said, here, uh, what's your topic? And so let me play that for you right now. Okay. Uh, my name is William. I like hearing you guys' discussions about stuff and hearing about your guys' lives as well, especially Pastor Dave's wild days as a teen. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you've got a question for the hopper. So I want you guys to discuss the the idea of the patriarchy because I've been hearing that a lot um, and with politics, and it's such a hot topic, and it's very questionable as to whether or not it's a real thing or whatever. And so I just want to hear your guys' like thoughts on it because you guys you don't veer into like one lane you know you go you're more like moderate or in between those areas and especially since you guys are like very knowledgeable about the bible and god um i like to see where uh, someone's perspective on you like you guys would take on it you know Uh, from my from my own research on it it's a to me it's a very offensive and very demoralizing thing for young men Mm -hmm. and i look at what where our culture is right now with how it's treated young men and it feels like they're abandoned Mm. And I kind of feel those sympathies mm-hmm. because today, to this day, I feel like a, lo- a lot of young men are soft because of how we don't encourage them enough to do things, to take mm. responsibility, mm. you know, to be a man. Because from my own research, from reading a, a book about biblical masculinity, men were made to take on leadership. Yes. And I'm not saying that men were meant to be like tyrants, to have like to complete dominion over their wives or everybody and complete be complete a-holes. Yeah, right. Because, because that's not ma- true masculinity to me. That's just corruption. Co- absolutely. Yeah. And yet there is something strong about masculinity. There should be something strong about masculinity. But what is that? That's the, I mean, that's the tough question, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. In our culture, it, it's misconstrued what masculinity is because, like, you know, toxic masculinity is seen as, like, having no emotion, being assertive, not displaying any of that, and always holding things in. And, again, to me, that's not real masculinity because God also made us to love. Yes. He made that, especially in, in the case of marriage. Mm-hmm. And I feel like our culture has perpetuated that because of a, a lot of complicated things, but... It's still a bad thing, and I think we need to encourage men to be to be more vulnerable, but to also be more brave, to be more bold, to take on leadership, to to give them responsibility. Okay, so the topic is uh, kind of uh, the patriarchy and masculinity. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a lot of questions. Yeah. So initially, it sounded like he was asking more of a political question, mm-hmm. and then it kind of moved more towards a general masculinity. Mm-hmm. How do we view men? Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess those are obviously quite related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, hmm. what, do you, what do you think? Well, um, I don't know how the term patriarchy has been used politically mm-hmm. recently. I have not been aware of that or mm-hmm. have, have dialed that in. I've been yeah. thinking about other things. But okay. um, uh, I do know that there is an attack on masculinity Yes. And part of that is valid. Yes. There is a toxic masculinity. Absolutely. I do think the left builds a much bigger bin and labels it toxic masculinity than is is reality or is true. So you think they're throwing stuff into the label yeah. of toxic masculinity that isn't really toxic masculinity? That I would just label as masculinity and okay. you don't like it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think I see that, yeah. Yeah, that society uh, wants to... Um, um, inoculate mm-hmm. men, mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, and and uh, what was a good example of this? I, I listened to a, a podcast where who's the author of Jesus and John Wayne? 
Uh, Kristen Dumay. Yeah, so she was talking about... Uh, her premise in that book was that um, that's rise... a great book, by the way. Agree or disagree? It's she's very, very interesting. Jesus and John Wayne. Yeah. So uh, I think that should be a uh, we can throw that in the hopper and really kind of get back to it, um, you know, more comprehensively. You mean just that book? Just yeah, that, that book, book is yeah. worth a topic in its own. But go uh, ahead. Yeah. Yeah, but just briefly, her 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 idea is that evangelicals mm-hmm. have fractured the nation. Yes. Evangelicals have, have driven this division. Yes. Um, and she goes back and she, she talks about a time when they kind of united politically yes. uh, with a common enemy yes. and that kind of mobilized them politically. Yes. And she yes. talks about the rise of Trump and I was uncomfortable with several things having not read the book. I've okay. just listened to the podcast. Um, but initially my, my thoughts were, how is she using the word evangelical again? Fair enough. Um, that word is, is I don't know what that, that means yeah. anymore, but it used to mean someone who believed the Bible. Right. Right. It doesn't mean that anymore. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's more of a cultural expression yes, or a political yes. position. That's right. Um, so I, I don't even, I'm uncomfortable with the word at this point. Yes. But you and I would have said we were evangelicals oh, at yeah. the time that she's claiming these things were going on, of which we were unaware of and not yep. involved in. That's right. And so I think there's a misuse of terminology and I think there's a villainizing of folks like you and I who had nothing to do with politics at that time. Yeah. Right. So she defines evangelicalism at the beginning of that book really, really carefully. And she says it's, and she is aware that evangelicalism is a difficult word to define. So she says, as a historian, here's how I'm going to define my term. Yeah. And it's much more sociological and not at all theological. And, and therefore it's more of a recent, um, delineation, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it doesn't really mm-hmm. go back to the time when she's talking about exactly. I suppose that's true. Um, the other thing that, that's related to this conversation is that there seemed to be some um, confusion about masculinity in mm-hmm. my mind okay. um, with the whole Jesus and John Wayne thing. And okay. her, she was attacking John Eldridge and the evangelical movement of uh, promise keepers and um, just kind of like this, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we're men, we need to be men. And um, that's not all wrong. Right, sure, right. sure, and, sure. Uh, and I don't want to throw John Eldridge out the window. I, I agree. mean, there were things when I read it that thought, ah, does every does every man in order to be a man have to hike a mountain? Does he have I to be a mountaineer? Uh, right. So it was a little overboard. Yeah, and I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe it was it was a correction, and any correction is sort of a pendulum swing, either left or right. Fair enough. Um, and so I don't want to just throw that out and, and label it. And then I started thinking, you know. I think she's actually doing what she's criticizing the evangelicals of. Hmm. She's trying to unite people around a common enemy. Okay. And um, I really don't think that the rise of Trump has as much to do with the Christian nationalists okay. as it has to do with money and corruption in D.C. Okay. Another topic. I, we keep pushing that one down the road, too. But I really think that's a, the bigger topic there. Money and corruption. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. back to masculinity. Um, I do think... Trump exhibited some toxic masculinity. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, I think uh, you know, another big podcast about Mars Hill, uh, toxic masculinity. Yeah. Right. Yes, yes, um, yes. And so it's, it is here. It's real. Yes. And it's valid. Yes. Um, uh, there is no going back to the 50s where, where wives submitted to their husbands and you see in your mind this guy in a wife beater um, you know, scolding mm-hmm. his wife and, mm-hmm. and raising his hand if she she talks back to him. Very toxic masculinity yeah, there. That, uh, so, so I want to readily acknowledge that that men throughout history, and especially back in history, I mean, yes. before there were laws or education about these sorts of things. Right, right. Um, you go back into the early the early earth, this was the, the reason for the flood. Yes. Um, you know, so you read that in Genesis that yeah. the men are doing whatever they want. Right. And the women are just victims. Right. The children are victims. Other men who don't have the same power. Yeah. Uh, you know, the bigger and stronger men are yes. terrorizing and taking for themselves. Okay. Can we call that patriarchy? Um, yeah, I think we can. I think it, in the, in the, in the negative term, yes, right? yes, yes, yes. That is a huge problem. Right, has been a huge problem. Yeah, continues to be even now in yes. our society where um, a man is bigger and stronger than his wife, and he takes advantage of that. Yes, uh, directly contrary to the 
the scripture that and, says, do not do that. Yes. And not just his wife, but also women in general. So women in the workplace, women. Or in, maybe anyone. Anyone. Any, maybe any grab of power that he can, he can muster, right? Yes. And so that's, I think, also part of the trouble with patriarchy is that kind of grab of power is not only men to women, but also men to other men that they can dominate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 and um, and I have I have felt the sting of that. You felt the sting yes, of that, where men right. have meddled and have done things that were inappropriate. And yes, it's really about their own self preservation. And just because I can, yeah, because I want to feel powerful. Yeah, I mean, I, I've talked to, to to inspectors looking at projects I was doing on houses, uh-huh. and some of them were really helpful and and uh, didn't have a sense of that power mm-hmm. play at all, mm-hmm. and others were like drunk with it. Yeah, they come in. And they start just telling you what you need to do, and and you just need to comply. Yes, and it's um it's emasculating, uh-huh. but you just got to play the game because this guy is got to get his jollies yeah. on making you feel yeah. weak, yeah, so that he and his insecurities can feel strong. And so you and I are not unfamiliar with this. You don't have to be a woman to know what we're talking about. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And uh, but that's a huge problem. That's a big deal. That's a sinful disposition that is uh, destroying relationships, harming business, mm-hmm. society. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to label that as toxic masculinity or the negative part of patriarchy. It is real. It is troublesome. Uh, everyone suffers from it. Yes. Yes. Okay. So now you've said a couple times the negative side of patriarchy. Yeah. Do you think that there is a positive side of patriarchy? And well, what is that then? Well, yeah. So we've we've talked about this in a previous episode as far as women's role in the church um, mm-hmm. and that we really have just reduced that to um, the only point of uh, tension is whether they should be in a position of authority as an elder, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, the elders need to be listening mm-hmm. to the voices of the of women, wives of you know their their intuition, their counsel. Um, and so we agreed, I think mostly on that episode yeah. about that. So that there's uh, some patriarchy in the church, therefore, right? Men elders. So, so it, the, the question is then: What is patriarchy? What is yeah. the definition of patriarchy? Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that's uh, that's important because some people are going to hear that word and it's going to be offensive, and others will not be so offended, and maybe so we, they should be. Yeah, yeah. And so we got to be really careful about what we say about that. Yeah, because it's been it's one of those words that is now being thrown. It started off in academics, mm-hmm. in feminist academics, and now is being used all over the place for pe- with people who don't, aren't familiar with that literature. And I'm not terribly familiar with that literature. Yeah, um, me neither, which means we should be more careful. And so I sure. think we need yeah. to be really careful when we say patriarchy, How? what are we defining it as? Yeah. Um, so, okay. Well, maybe you can give me some words then. If we're talking about um, male leadership in the home and the church. Um, I'm all for that. Me too. Yeah. Uh, and I think the Bible's pretty clear on that, although Christians disagree. Um, but that does not give leniency or way to toxic masculinity or abuse of power. Correct. Um, so how? So does the word patriarchy, is? are we comfortable even using that word in a positive way? Or do we just want to keep it lumped in the negative? Quite honestly, I my sense of the word is always negative. Mm-hmm. But, I, but that may not be true for everybody. Even though I readily... Um, agree with what I see in the scripture and I think is right is like you that men ought to be in places of authority in the church and in the home. Yeah. I I agree with you. I think mostly when I hear the word patriarchy, I think at least my sense is that societally it's very negative. Yes. Because they're thinking about all that abuse. Yes. Yes. Um, The question is how the question for me and you, I suppose, is how are men to use that authority? And what I see in Scripture is that we are supposed to, what does uh, Ephesians 5 say? That uh, husbands are supposed to love their wives like Christ loved the church and laid down their life yeah, for right. the church. He laid down his life for the church, and so you lay down your life for... How, how in the world did Jesus uh, dominate the church? Right. He does not... He serves the church uh, and calls the church to something better. And yet he does subdue us. 
Yes, by love. He, yes, he pursues. Without control. Without control. He pursues, he loves, he yes. in that way subdues. And there's something good and positive about that. Yes. That needs to be brought into masculinity. Yes. Which when I look at younger generations now, I say, uh, we're missing some stuff here. There's no question about that. Um, you know, when I, when I, Elizabeth Elliot wrote mm-hmm. about masculinity and femininity, yes. and she labeled masculinity as initiation. Yes. And femininity as response. Yes. Um, I, that was interesting. Very fascinating for me at the time, because mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what I thought about the topic. Okay. And so that was very helpful. Yes. Um, then I read another book, um, Crisis and Masculinity. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Lynn Payne. Is that right? I think that's right. I think that's right. Yeah. Um, I don't know where she falls down on, you know, I don't know where she is theologically, but uh, the book was uh, basically talking about soft men mm-hmm. and a lack of masculinity mm-hmm. and um, and pent up masculinity that had no place um, mm. in society. And yeah. then it was kind of the places where it was allowed, it kind of raged. Yeah. Um, like in the military or, you know, in okay. certain sport. Sure, uh, sporting sure, fields. Sure, sure. And so uh, we needed a healthier grasp of masculinity across the board. Okay. I totally agree with that. Yeah, that makes perfect um, sense to me. And her definition of masculinity was speaking the truth, hmm. uh, kind of more of a, of, of a courage. Okay. okay. A courage or a willingness to stand up for the truth, even when it was inconvenient, even when it was costly. She related okay. this to Jesus um, yeah. speaking the truth and then being put to death okay. and laying down his life for the truth. Um, as well as his bride. I see. Okay. Um, and so when I think about those two, that one's a little more confusing, I think. Yeah. Um, but it's also really helpful if you combine it with Elizabeth Elliot's idea of initiation. Okay. Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, like uh, a man's going to stand up for what's right. Yes. And that involves some initiation. Yes. To put it this way, and this, and this guy, uh, we both have a pastor that we have listened to in the past who is definitely part of patriarchy. Okay. Uh-huh. Probably in a, in a more negative way. Okay. But he's also been a really good teacher in other ways. Okay. Um, he, I've heard him say uh, that it's um, a man's responsibility mm-hmm. when there's a problem with the neighbor, for mm-hmm. example, mm-hmm. Uh, you need to deal with it. Don't yeah, send your wife sure. over there to sure, deal sure, with it. Sure. You deal with it. Yes. Like, and that, that I think is sort of what we're seeing with Elizabeth Elliot's definition and um, Payne's definition is to say, uh, there's a conflict. I'm the man. I'm not going to hide. I'm not going to be soft. I'm going to square my shoulders and I'm going to go and address this in a way that right. is societally appropriate. That's right. not domineering. Right. Because that's, I think, I think a lot of the domineering things we see in men is the fear and the insecurity that they don't really feel like a, a confident, powerful man. Yes. And now they've got to go have this conflict. And so they sell it yes. with a bunch of toxic masculinity, mm. like a, a bunch of machismo and hype mm-hmm. because deep inside they're really insecure. Yeah. Um, but I think being a man is is being willing yeah. to initiate through conflict, to willing to stand up and speak what is right, mm-hmm. and when it's inconvenient and people will hate you. And um, so I don't know. What do you think about those definitions? Yeah, I think that that's right. I think that that's that's good. And then femininity then is uh, um, coming alongside and responding as. I, I think Elizabeth Elliot, I don't agree with all that she's written, mm-hmm. of course, but that I think she's right on. Um, where you've got femininity uh, responding and helping because m- lots of men are are not capable to the task to which they've been called mm-hmm. and need support. That's the whole idea of Eve coming along and being a helper yeah. um, you know, for Adam. And so... Uh, yeah, it's men are called to do things that are impossible for them to do, but they're supposed to initiate and try yeah. anyway. Yeah, that reminds me of some. I can't remember the phrase. I'm gonna paraphrase it. Okay, but it's something like behind every great man, there's a there's a great woman mm-hmm. supporting him, mm-hmm. bolstering him, helping. him. I believe that 100%. ministering to him. Yeah, behind the you know the side behind public, uh, yes, even you know just in that privacy of their house. Yeah, um, e- even physically. Uh, the ministry of a wife, sure, uh, you know, is stabilizing and sure, um, you know, and that's uh, I think that's when I would feel the most masculine mm-hmm. um, is is uh, you know the being with my wife maritally, yes, um, and uh, and I think you could even apply these these uh, definitions to that even to that level, although yes. I, I don't I'm not comfortable doing that. <laughs> okay, uh, I mean we could, but. Um, Let's let's state a task here and answer William's question. Yeah, so patriarchy, I think we can see through, I think the feminist scholars are right, that we can see throughout all cultures, and certainly in the scriptures, 
uh, in the past that men have a strong tendency, and when I mean strong, I mean 100% in terms of cultures, Mm -hmm. that men try to dominate, overwhelmingly try to dominate all those around them, and the women typically are especially easy to dominate, but they're also seeking to dominate other men. And to assert their own will and power and control on others. And men, because they're larger physically, are able to do that in lots of ways. And I don't know any culture that that's not the case. Yeah, I don't don't either. And and that's terribly sinful and horrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, if we we combine this with um, our understanding about hormones. Okay. Uh, you know, if if you take a lot of testosterone, uh-huh. you will become aggressive. Yes, it is a natural yes. part of testosterone. Yes, that's right. Um, you give a woman a lot of testosterone, yes. she will become sexually charged. She will she will become aggressive. She yes. will become more angry. Yes, um, she will want to dominate and subdue. Um, so this is this is part of God's design. Yes, but there's a right way and there's a wrong way. Right? Sure. So what's the right way then? Yeah. I, I'm, well, I could. So the right way, I think, or the, you know, what does it mean to dominate? Not so much dominate, but the in Genesis one to have dominion, and of course that's yeah. given to both Adam and Eve, but it in is. different ways. Mm-hmm. And so for men, I think it's to channel that to taking care of and and ordering the world in in that. Um, how can I say by initiating uh-huh. the projects that we're going to work on. And that involves a lot of courage, and that involves a lot yes. of conflict, and that involves yes. a backbone. Yes, um, that's right. Yeah, and uh, I look at uh, well, I look at Jesus as an example, right? Jesus, he is the example. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He drives out the money changers from the temple. Right. He took a cord and he made a whip, and he had such presence. Yes. That that a woman could not have. I'm sorry. I don't want to offend anyone. But no, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, he had such presence that he drove out all these people and turned over their tables with their money, you know, their idols, yes. their, their coins flying yes. all over the place. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and, and he he single-handedly moved them out yes. because of the offense of them making the, the house of God a, a den of robbery, you know, a place of, of market. Yes. Um, and and that is, uh, that's a powerful masculine picture. But he also wept publicly when Lazarus died. Shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Right. Which is to show, he knew he was going to raise him from the dead moments later. Yep. But he's demonstrating the courage and the truthfulness of exposing uh, pain. Yes. Of being willing to say, I hurt, other people are hurting, this is sad, this is broken. And that too is masculine. Absolutely. To cry publicly means you are secure and confident yes. in who you are and what is right, what is true. Um, you are willing to 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 appear as weak and foolish in other people's eyes for what is true and right. That's masculine. Yeah. Not caring what other people think, but just being present with the reality and the truth of the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And being and and being willing to be moved by that rather than being afraid of what other people will think. Yeah, that's fear. That's the same masculinity that later on in the Gospel of John, uh, Jesus uh, stands between uh, this woman accused of adultery and those who would stone her to death, mm-hmm. and uh, and protects her. Yeah, um, that's masculinity. Right. These other, it's toxic masculinity that is accusing her without. We've talked about this story before right. in the past. So they they brought her. But where's the man? If she's caught in adultery, there's a guy there. Right. Okay, we're going to let him go. They just want to beat up on somebody who's right. weak. And that's that's kind of patriarchy, right? And that negative, that's, is the toxic masculinity. And yeah. he stands up to that and says, no. Yeah, that's, that's um, you know, the boys will be boys. Phrasing, yeah. Which, by the way, when I was a kid, that just meant boys will get dirty. Um, it had nothing to do with sex. I don't know if that's true for you, but yeah, I heard oh, that sure. term a lot sure, growing sure, sure. up. And it was like, oh, you, you ruined your clothes. You put a hole in your jeans. Well, right. boys will be boys. Yeah, right. That's um, what I It remember. was only until recently yeah. that I've heard that used in terms of, uh, you know, frat boy raping women sort of scenarios. Right. Um, Toxic masculinity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's and that's how, I, when I think of patriarchy, that's what I think of is that I just can. I want to and I can. Mm-hmm. So there it is. Yeah. So uh, this was also when I was a kid, uh, the the predominant 
um, thought was that prostitutes were dirty women yeah. who loved to have sex and would 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 stoop to have sex for money. Hmm. And uh, that was my vision of a prostitute growing up until yeah. I realized that that prostitutes are typically uh, women who've been abused, yes. who who, yes. who ran away from an abusive situation yes. and were abused further, yeah. who have been taught to act like that, who are so desperate for funding that they're doing the only thing that's available to them. Right. Right. Um, and then they're the ones who get blamed. Right. That is that's negative Terrible. patriarchy, Terrible. right? That is, yes. that's yes, men yes, saying, yes. Uh, you know, we, we can do this, but when you do this, right. you're the villain. Right. And, and by the way, we've systemically pushed you to this point and we like having this little side hustle, yes. you know, and, yes, and then yes, you, yes. you combine that with the pimps, people who, who go around, uh, even trafficking people, but, um, brutalizing them, terrorizing them and forcing them into a role of prostitution so that they can make the money, yeah. then it's yeah, that's really, right. really off uh, it's into a, a realm of deep darkness and despair. Yes. Um, horrendous yeah. uh, toxic masculinity. Now, uh, okay, so toxic masculinity, but there is good places for, there ought to be good places for men to show their strength and to show their authority, like Jesus did, mm-hmm. uh, in a way that's helpful and life-giving to those around them. Yeah, um, and ordering. And ordering, yeah, bringing yeah. order and bringing grace and bringing freedom to the world, rather by laying their own life down, right? By, I don't, I don't care what happens to me, exactly. Right. I'm willing to sacrifice myself, my feelings, my time, in order to serve others in this very strong and uh, you know, very hard way. Yeah, let me give an example yeah. that may hit home for some of our listeners if okay. they're more church-going folk. Yeah. So you and I have both been in churches where there's a more full expression of emotion, right? Yes. I mean, I've spent many, many years in multi-ethnic churches and oh, in African-American right, right, right. churches, yes. and there's a, a greater freedom to yes. express uh, emotion, yes. right? Instead of kind of more the stoic, uh, head down, buttoned up collar sort of, uh, right. we're respecting right. God this right. way, mm-hmm. which which has its merits. I'm not... Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, they, they both have their merits. Um, and I, I believe that we, to have a fuller expression of humanity, need to explore those of us who are too quiet and too stoic, uh-huh. what it means to celebrate and worship. Yes. And those who are given over to sensationalism and emotionalism need to explore what it means to have uh, a, a quiet stillness before the Lord. Yes. And that those two need to come together and learn from each other yes. and form one another, which is why I was always a fan of multi-ethnic churches, because the, there are two cultures that are trying to grab, grapple with what's true and what's um, broken in my own culture. Mm-hmm. That's so informative, right? Oh yeah. And so both and I, both you and I, have had that experience. And here we're uh, we're in a church that that is um, typically more Anglo and non-expressive. Yes. Right. And who therefore should provide the leadership mm. to say this is a song of celebration yeah. um, let's raise our hands yes this is a, a moment in the sermon where you should be saying amen yes um, this yes. you know those kinds of the points of leadership yes it's typically a woman who will do those things first because mm. she is more in tune with her emotions she's mm. less prone to to feel invalidated because she has emotion mm-hmm. that a man will feel mm-hmm. um, and but it's, this is exactly the same thing is Jesus weeping yes. publicly? Yes. Um, you know, a man, uh, a man needs to uh, lead in that way yes. to say, okay, this is what's right. I've been convinced by the Scripture, and I did a sermon. I've done it m- maybe three times, three different places okay. about how reverence in the Psalms is directly related to shouting, yes. uh, hand raising, yes. celebration of yes. some kind. That reverence does not mean. Um, that your your head is down and you're bent and stooped, although that's part of it. Yeah, not always, but not sometimes always. it means that. But uh, in the Psalter, which is yes. the public worship book, right. uh, reverence is directly related to to celebrating, to yes. shouting, yes, to yes, hand-raising, yes, yes. those right. sorts of things. Um, and so uh, if we're going to be truly masculine, we need to initiate that's right. a movement of a fuller humanity and expression in worship in that direction. But that's that might be embarrassing to me. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Initiation and, and courage, speaking yes, the truth it when it's inconvenient. There's masculinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Leadership in the home would be another great example mm-hmm. um, where, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of men in particular want to drop the kid off at the youth group. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to uh, pray for their wife, but not with their wife, mm-hmm. or they don't want to have like a devotion or a study mm-hmm. or a mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, men, you need to, you need to initiate yes. those things. You need to train the, your kids in the way of the Lord. Don't, don't rely on your wife doing that because she's with the kids more or whatever the excuse sure, is, sure. that is your, you need to initiate in that way. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I think that's exactly right. That's, there's, those are good examples of, I think, good masculinity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then the whole, like the conflict with the neighbor, uh, sort of thing, or yeah. like, you know, um, the, the, the curse to Adam is to work the ground, to do work by the sweat of your brow. Right. Right. And I think that that also, I, I don't, I'm not opposed to women working by the way. Uh, oh, some people are. I think that's more of the patriarch, right? Completely. Um, yeah. However, I, I also acknowledge that there were greater conflicts uh, sexually when women entered the workforce. Um, and that is probably another picture of patriarchy, honestly. Uh, it's absolutely um, another yeah, picture so of it's patriarchy. Like, uh, here's, here's a temptation that I didn't deal with before, and now I have to deal with pretty regularly. And there's, I don't know, there's probably something to be said about that in both ways, but both directions. Um but yeah, the, the uh, a, a man is to work. He's to he's to provide. Um, there have been times when uh, we have relied upon my wife's income when I was in school or sure, various sure. other times. And uh, when I was younger, though, I thought that was absolutely wrong. Hmm. And I've just kind of grown to see oh, that, that yeah. God provides in different ways. Yes, and, um, different. You know, and there were times when I I was. Um, kind of doing a lot of Mr. Mom sort of stuff. Sure. And I learned a lot in those seasons. Sure, sure. I learned a lot. And I understood uh, a lot of things I heard from women that had become cliche, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and even joked about in SNL skits or movies. Yeah, um, yeah. And then I, I thought, oh, I get this now. Yeah, you know, when you're, yeah. when you're working in the house and there's no appreciation and there's no human contact that's <laughs> yeah. not a child. Right. Um, you know, it's time to get out of the house. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. Know, she's coming home. She's been out talking to people. She's tired. Um, and, and now she has a better understanding of what it, it's like, you know. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> that just that just is helpful to have that kind of understanding, to have that kind of experience. Oh, sure. Well, this, this um, thing where, where men go out and work and women stay at home, that's a fairly recent thing in society. And it certainly has nothing to do with any kind of biblical understanding of roles. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, that's not that is a that is a new thing in society. For almost all of culture uh, and certainly in the biblical world, families worked together and men and women, uh husbands and wives serve side by side in whatever trade they're doing and every and, the, and your trade is a family affair. The children were a part of it and the mothers at the very initially, you know, would feed the the children and that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, it, it, the idea that men go off somewhere else to work, right? As opposed that's to unusual, being right outside their house, it, they're right yeah. there, In and the house, everybody's the a house. part of it. And so, family trade. It's a it's a family, family trade. That is that is that's the biblical idea of how things work. Well, when you you look at uh, women in the Bible, they are working. Proverbs thirty one is all talking all about a woman who, woman who is making money and she's very industrious, and that's this is what it means to be a woman. Yeah, uh, she considers the field and she buys it. Yeah, uh, there's there's some free financial freedom and she's making cloth and she's clothing yeah. her kids and she's yeah. You know, I would push back in the sense that um, if you if you have a um, a man and a woman uh-huh. um, who is by design able to have the babies, right? The woman. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Who yeah. is whose body feeds the babies? That's right. A woman. Yes. Um, whose body is designed not only to deliver but to carry? Yes. Uh, you know, with the with a lower center of gravity and a wider hip. Sure, sure, know, sure. Um, who by design and and I think chemically is is better. Um, uh, we talked about this before. It's just not re- re- recently. Yes. Um, to endure um, a low grade uh, level of work for a long time. Sure. Um, now take the same you know same two people. Who is going to take a, a pickaxe and dig the rocks out of the soil to plant? For uh, right for the crops, right? I mean, no, I get you. Men and women's bodies the, are different. Yeah, with the big heart, 
in lung capacity with the big muscles yes, with the yes, big yes. bone. Yeah. That's the guy who should be doing the digging, right? Yes. And, but but so how does that translate into our office work now I don't know. where I, I think that's... it goes off and and so the I, all I'm saying is that the concept that a woman stays home and a man goes off and he gets a paycheck and she doesn't get a paycheck and that's a pretty new invention in society. Yeah. And yeah. so to say, oh, now we've got this whole artificial thing where women were not part of the workforce, but now we're inviting them into the workforce, and like, okay, then we got pro- that's those distinctions are artificial for our society. Yeah, I well, I think that's right if we're careful. Um, so I'm saying like, most of most of history has been agra- uh, farming, you know, uh, agrarian. Sure. And so you're going to have men out working by the sweat of their brow, per right. the curse of of Adam and women. Uh, the curse to them was in the childbearing, right? Right, in childbearing, and yeah. I think that that's um, uh, should a man be absolutely involved in raising a child? Yes, and yes, yes. But I hear what you're saying. But there's a it, difference there, and right? In the same way, women should also be working, right? Um, it, it, yes, yeah. Right. So there's just there's just some differences, and, yeah, and I therefore, got you. I got you. Therefore, there are roles. Yes, there are roles, and and they might not feel natural to all people, but I think that that's part of stepping into a role. If the role is um, is biblical, if it's if it's is by design, yes, you you have to step into that role. Right. So there are lots of men who currently feel um, very inadequate to oh, stand yeah. up and speak truth or to um, to deal with conflict, and and that that's why we have toxic masculinity, I think. Is because it's because people are insecure. Men feel inadequate and insecure, so they have to do all this machismo, uh, you know, hype, hype, yeah. in order to make themselves like a puffer fish, blowing everything up because they feel so insecure. Yeah, um, I think that's definitely a big part of it. Yeah. Um, what was what was I saying? Where was I'm I going? Not sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about roles, but you know what we oh, are? Yeah, stepping into roles. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think there are roles to play. Um, and that is not inaccurate. Yeah, or, that's or true. Inappropriate, um, and and so you might say, well, I that's not who I am. I I like to do this and like to do that as uh-huh. a man, and that uh-huh. that's not stereotypically a man. Well, that that depends on what we're talking about. There may be a place where you are to be maturing and sanctifying and growing into a role that's been given by God. Yes, that's right. And I'm not saying that's plowing or digging necessarily. I'm just saying that that or climbing a mountain as, or climbing as a mountain, yeah, being says, a mountaineer yeah. and yeah, um, yeah. But there's there there are roles that that. Uh, are uncomfortable that God's calling us to for sure, and that's true for both because you see the curse to Eve. I think we went over this too. Yes, that, um, your desire will be for your husband, but he will rule over you. Right. The word desire meaning a consuming yes. desire. I yes. want to be in charge. I want to run this house. I want to tell that man what to do. I want him to, yeah. to serve me, but he is to be the initiator by yes. design. He yes. needs to be the one who's to uh, you know to bear the weight when when they sin. And it was Eve who gave the fruit. It's Adam who's who's questioned first. Correct. God comes Correct. to Adam. Adam was the one who was supposed to direct traffic at that moment and say, "No, we're not supposed to do this." God specifically told me we're not supposed to do this. Right. Right. Um, that to some people would be patriarchy. Right. Well, if that's the definition, that's different. Um, cause, right. Because you and I, we believe in distinctions between men and women in their roles, just generally. Yes. Um, but but there is a there's a difference in the way that that's been brought to bear in society yes. that has been a patriarchy that we're speaking against. Well, but I don't I'm, we're nuancing, so I don't want to throw yes. the baby out with the bathwater. I completely agree. But I think that like 1950s, the typical 1950s thing that you were talking about, Christians especially said, no, this is okay because men are supposed to be in charge, and. Uh, Christians especially, I think, have, mm-hmm. um, in the past at least, really, well, and even today, um, when you got you know a lot of pastors who were really uh, toxic in lots of ways and say, no, I have the authority because God gave it to me so I can do whatever I want to. Right. But, no, it's, it's there to serve others, to bring more shalom right. in the world. I mean, you take, a, you take a guy who's kind of fawning, right? Okay. He's kind of mousy. Okay. And you say, you need to be a man. Yeah. Which is true. Yes. Um, and and in his mind, he thinks, okay, well, then that way I can get what I want, at least. That's not 
The no, call. The call no. is, is to come and lay down your life. Oh, that doesn't sound so great. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah I would yeah. rather stay in safe, soft places where I can just say, oh, that's not me. It's not my personality. Right. Uh, well, that's not what you're called to. Yes. Um, you're called to lay down your life. And that and what does that mean? To serve those around yeah. you in relationship. Yeah. And and depending on a person's particular gifting, you know, someone who is um, a, a man who is, like you say, mousy or, you know, mm-hmm. a, a physically small, it may be like, for example, through art. There is incredible ways to be risky and to tell the truth and to be, uh, to lay down your life in serving people to show what is true and beautiful and real in risky art yeah, um, filmmaking, storytelling, all those kinds right. of things where you don't have to be physically aggressive, but you can be emotionally aggressive. You can aggressively pursue the truth and show the beauty of reality. Yeah. yeah. So do you think that there, that it's ever um uh wrong for a woman to do some of these things and therefore be quote masculine? To do some of what things? See that uh, the things we just said, as well, far as subduing, um, speaking truth, um, no, being no, bold, no. having All courage, of those are, self-confidence. Th- those require. Uh, so, uh, I think all those things are also true of, or should be true of women. We should call women to that as well. Mm-hmm. I like Elizabeth Elliot's. It's uh, a concept of masculinity is initiating, and femininity is responding. And what I mean by that is, it is just as risky for a woman to play that role of responding and being the church following Christ, right? Ephesians mm-hmm. chapter five, and saying, let me let me look for good leadership, good initiation, a, a man who is going to, my husband or maybe a, a church pastor or something, um, who's going to take risk and I'm going, and he cannot do what he is trying to do. And he needs help and I'm gonna come in and help that. Especially a woman who's highly, highly capable uh, is going to be able to strengthen mm-hmm. what he's what he's seeing. So, in other words, it seems to me that men's calling uniquely as men are to look for places that no one is doing something that needs to be done, and you move out into that place and to and to to do to move into that. And a woman's role uniquely as a woman is to find the men in her life and especially husband father um uh pastor elders that kind of thing to find those people who are who are uh being courageous and doing what needs to be done but they're inadequate of course they're inadequate Mm -hmm. because they're people they're men they're fallen they're broken they're sinful to go and to strengthen what they're doing does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we're... And that's difficult and risky on both accounts. Right. And yep. that's where that word submission comes in. Yes. Um, which uh, isn't a nasty word for society, just like patriarchy, right? I mean... Yeah. Um, but there's a there's a, a piece to that that is accurate. Yes. Um, and that uh, I think that a woman can initiate too much. I think a woman can try to take the reins in leadership. Oh, sure. And that is the curse that was given to Eve. Yes. And that she needs to come to terms with that. Yes. And I think a man, to be a man needs to wrestle with the conflict that will that will issue forth in his house because of sure, that curse. Sure, sure, sure. To say, hey, uh, I I appreciate what what you're saying. I appreciate you know uh, you communicating with me. Mm-hmm. However, this is happening at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Um, we're no longer discussing. Right. This is you're fighting me on this. Yes. Um, that's uh, that takes a man with some sensibility, and that that does not happen overnight. Um, and and it's a struggle. It goes back and forth. And here's the equality, because he, a man might say, a husband might say to his wife, hey, you're fighting me on this. And she said, yeah, you're right. I'm fighting you on this because this is a big mistake. And she may need to do that. Right. I, to a point. To a point. But it may be that her, in some circumstances, that would go and she she needs to repent and she needs to say, you know what? Uh, yeah, I, I just want control. Um you know, I want you to do it my way, and your way is way. wrong. And, and even if he is wrong, um, and it, and it proves itself to be wrong mm-hmm. at some point, um, she needs to be willing to uh, to support a man, even when he's wrong, that he will learn on his own, um, that God will teach him. That that requires trust and faith in God uh, at a high level, right? Just I, as I'm a not, man, I don't know about that. Oh yeah, there's there there. Basically, if you don't agree with that, you don't agree with submission at all, because there has to be a tiebreaker. 
You can't. Uh, submission is not. Let me let me convince you, and whoever is more convincing. Oh, is, I hear you there. Yeah, it's. It, there's a time when a man is going to make a decision for his house, and he is wrong. Okay, fair and enough. They, they're, they're, they've they're, discussed uh, it all the way through. He understands her point of view. There's there's and and it, and it's like it's not like I'm not lacking understanding. I disagree, and I'm going to make this decision. Having done all of the due diligence to hear your perspective, yes. I don't mean you only you only have to submit if you feel like submitting. I don't mean that. Yeah, but there are you know uh, there are scenarios where a man there are things that a husband can do and say this is where I'm taking our family that the wife needs to say nope I'm not going there. Okay, that's I would say only if it's in violation of God's. Uh, Law. Okay, so then, yeah. Okay, so that's what I'm. Ta- those yeah, are the kind so I'm of talking about that- those things. I don't even. I don't. Even, I can't even think of a single, you know, like example in my life. All the examples in my life have been things that where it's disputable matters, sure. right? Where sure, you, sure, you have sure. this opinion I you and I, I have that opinion. There. I hear you there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you're right. If, if some guy's saying, hey, we're going to we're going to go knock off this bank or yeah. we're going to go kill this person. I mean, those are extreme those are examples, extreme examples. But yes, but to, you know, to prove the point of what you're saying. Yeah. 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 So it's not 100. She doesn't submit to 100 percent of everything that happens, whatever. But you're right yeah. that submission is and it's because it's a role. It's a role. On the other hand, I think that it makes sense to me that that a, a man who is uh, moving uh Initiating in a way that brings that it is courageous and brings shalom where there wasn't any before that brings truth and beauty to bear uh, a, a good woman will want to or should want to uh, affirm and strengthen that however she can because mm-hmm. he certainly is inadequate to do yeah. what he's trying to do. And, and I think I was getting to the point of saying that they both require faith. Yes. They both require surrender to God. Yes. Um, most men do not want to take leadership. Yes. Most women are willing and happy, uh, per the curse to Eve, to step up and take that role. Mm. Uh, and what you have then are domineering women and passive men. Yes. I've seen this a lot in society. And... Um, and men think, oh, I'm giving her what she really wants. No, you are not. Right. Because she will she will not respect you and she will think of you as weaker and and foolish. And yes. It, yes. it's a breakdown of relationships. I see it all the time yes. as a pastor. And you have too. Yeah. A man must be willing to engage, to not dissociate, to not roll over. He has to have a backbone and he has to discuss and hear from his wife and deal with her irritations and still make a decision that he's ready to stand before God on. Not her, not the kids, not society. He means to make a decision where he's going to say, I'm willing to stand up before God and answer for this decision. Yes. It's a decision for the well-being of of my family and society, not and, just for my interests. Right. It's yeah. not. I, I, this is, I have this authority, so I get to... Uh, have a cushy life. In fact, this is an invitation, as our Jesus is an example, yeah. an invitation to lay your life down to serve those around you. Yeah. Yeah. If you're if you're trying to serve yourself, I don't think that you're, it's going to go too well when you're no. standing before God and He's no. asking some questions about the decisions that you've made. By the way, if you defer to your wife to make a decision, you've still made a decision. Yeah, that's right. You've decided to defer. Right. And there are times when I think that's wise, and then I think there are times when you're being you're being uh, a coward. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I don't know if I, we'll have to hear from our listeners whether we need to head. To, that's a whole can of worms. I feel uh, like there is so much here to talk about, but I also feel like we're at a stopping place. Yeah. Um, we need to keep talking we'll, about it. We'll pick what it up as- sometime later. Let me ask you this. you, Those of you who are listening, what aspect of this where where should we continue the conversation that's the question where should we continue the conversation thank you william i don't know if we answered your question or not uh we sure to talk about it a lot we I don't talked know. about it a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> hey send an email to the hopper podcast at gmail.com and we will continue this conversation wherever you like hey this is dave with the hopper podcast if you can't find a politician or media outlet that represents your views you're not alone you've got a home right here We've broken free from the cultural and political narratives that dominate the landscape. There are more of us than you might realize. So help us grow the Hopper podcast. Find your favorite episode and click the share button and put it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or somewhere else. Thanks. Most dangerous actual kids toys. Or just crummy toys. Terrible toys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My pet rock kind of thing. Okay, so I got another one here for you. Yeah. 
Well, my pet rock, that was a crummy toy for sure. Yeah, it was a rock in a box that <laughs> you paid for. It's just a big marketing play. Yeah, yeah, Horrible. yeah, yeah. Box Terrible. Box of rocks. Terrible. Okay, I got another- Shame on you. I got another really bad one. Okay. In 2007, um, are you familiar with Aqua Dots? I actually am. Okay. Yeah, I remember the commercials for those. Yeah, so it's kind of a, uh, a, a, I don't know how to describe it exactly. It's like a really big fat pen sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, it's like a pen- and and uh, you you brung it along paper or cardboard or or even fabric I think and you make like little dots. Uh, of, and you can make designs. You can with make those designs with them. And, so you got yeah. dots, and so you can make a yeah. series of dots and fill in the blanks or whatever. You can kind of draw whatever you want to out of like these dots that would then harden. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem is, I mean, that, that's a nice idea for someone who's real artsy. Right. That's not. I'm not an arts and crafts see, kind of person. I could see kids loving that. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. And I think they did. Uh-huh. The problem was that when you ingested those little dots, the coating that was on them, uh-huh. in your when they were when it was digested, released uh, GHB, the chemical compound which is also known as the date rape drug. Wow. Yeah. Another, I don't, another good thing to give our kids. Right. I don't know what that uh, added to the product, but probably something. Some, that, you know, that was used for some chem- – right. that chemical was helpful in some ways for making this product. But if you ingested it – yeah, there were kids that went into comas um, wow. from ingesting these things. Of course, you're not supposed to ingest them, but what are kids going to do? Yeah. Yeah, that happens, right? That's – Yeah. You got to think about that when you, you're making a toy. When you're making a toy, you got to think about that. Some kids going to throw this. Some kids going to put this in their mouth. Right. Some right, kid right, may right. put this somewhere else. What? Yeah. You know, what, what can happen? Yeah, I don't think any, I don't think it was nefarious, but yeah, you got to pay attention when you're putting the date rape drug in your, <laughs> in your toys kids, in your kids' toys. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty bad one. That was yeah, a really I mean, bad one. I mean, in the name Aqua Dots. Aqua Dots. I mean, that could that could be the name of a candy. Oh, it sounds fantastic. Yeah. Well, and it, and they're co- they look it, like it was candy. Bright, I remember them. Colorful. Yeah, they were really pretty. Yeah, 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 I imagine, yeah. I wonder if these taste good. Yeah, they're like little BBs almost. Night, night. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're going right out. Yeah. Uh, uh, here's one that that we that we had in our house. Okay, my sister had this. Yeah, the Easy Bake Oven. Oh yeah, my sister had that too. Yeah. So uh, let me tell you. That, uh, first of all, the problem with the Easy Bake Oven is it had like a, a powerful light bulb in it. That was the heat source. Yeah. Uh huh. And that that caused people to get burned. Sure, sure. You touch a hot light bulb, and this, especially a powerful one, <laughs> yeah. and and it burns you. Right. right. Yeah. So that's not good for kids. No. But the other thing is that it wasn't hot enough to actually bake anything. Okay. I mean, if, I don't know if you remember this. I remember this distinctly because my sister got one and promised me brownies. Okay. And she was very happy about her Easy Bake Oven, and and uh, and I, it, when she got old enough to actually use the real oven, it was fantastic because she loved baking and she made great stuff. But the Easy Bake Oven was basically you're making a Play-Doh-like substance oh. that doesn't need to be cooked. Oh. Right? And you oh, put I it, see. Yeah. And you put it in the Easy Bake Oven with yeah. this light bulb. Yeah. That is supposed to bake it. It's just like warms it up. And just yeah, warms it up and it's just it's just disgusting. Yeah. And yeah. so as a as a, a young boy with an older sister who got an yeah. oven and she's gonna make me brownies. Right. We were both so excited. Sure, of course. And then the brownies come out and they are nasty, yeah. gooey, play doh like lumps. Uh, it's just horrible. Yeah, that sounds terrible. And I was so disappointed. Like, yeah. Wah, wah. Right, right, right. These right. aren't brownies. Not brownies at all. Well, the easy bake thing's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the easy bake oven goes back. I know, like back to the fifties, I think. Uh-huh. And back then, it really was hot, and kids are burning themselves with right. third degree burns left and right, <laughs> really like all burnt. over the place. Yeah. Like easy bake oven, like it's an actual oven, not, yeah. not actual, but it, but it, we got right. super hot, just really small. And so then they got to back off of that. There have been many iterations, but almost all of them have been burning uh, little kids Yeah, uh, with the light bulb. I tell you, I'm still scarred. I'm still scarred from eating that brownie goo. Okay, not scarred with burns, right? But but scarred. I'm uh, emotionally scarred. You're just mad. At I the wanted Easy Governor Company. I wanted brownies. <laughs> Has your sister made you brownies in an actual oven? That oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. We got that remedied. Okay, good. Yeah, the Easy Bake Oven. I'm still better at you. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure, sure. Okay. Well, do you remember um, in 2015 the hoverboards, which 
the burst in the flames. Burst in the flames. Mm. I, okay, first of all, I was always really mad. Not mad. I was an adult, but I, but I thought hoverboards. No, I, I remember my son told me there, we, there's. You know, my friend's got a hoverboard. I want to get a hoverboard. And I was like, that's. That doesn't exist. Hoverboards don't exist. Yeah, they do, Dad. And like, uh, no, hoverboards don't exist. They don't. It's called a hoverboard. It, it doesn't hover. Right. It's on wheels. It's on wheels. Yeah. That's ridiculous to me. Like, you can't call it that if it's not. If it's not hovering. If it's not hovering. Yeah. <laughs> it is a board, but it's not hovering. Right. Anyway, so I was mad about it that. But then, yeah, you'd plug it in. Charge and leave it, it up. Charge, and while it is charging, it bursts into flames. Uh huh. There are people's houses that burn down. Yeah, and uh, it's just added adventure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, I thought Some it also didn't it burst in the flames when people are using it and the battery gets so hot that it caught fire. Maybe I'm not sure about that. That's a possibility. Uh-huh. I knew that when it was charging, yeah, it would it would overheat then. And yeah, it would I catch think on cell fire. phones can do that. Yeah. Is that right? I think so. I think some cell phones have have caused fires. I remember really early ones have done that, but I haven't heard recently. Uh-huh. That that's happened, but maybe. And it, I think it's probably none of like my it, cell phones have caught on fire yet. They were they were charging and they left it in their bed or someplace where it's covered up and not on oh, a hard surface or something like that. It just got too hot. Well, that could be. Um, I could be making it up too. Who knows? Yeah. Have you ever set your cell phone on fire? Uh, no, no. Okay. But I've caused uh, a lot of fires. Have you? Yeah. That uh, unintentionally or in. Um, no, I, I intentionally made fires. <laughs> okay. No, I've done a, I've done yeah. a fair amount of that too. Uh, yeah, back in the day, I shouldn't say this, but I, I, I know how to make, you know, cocktails, Molotov cocktails. Yeah, and, sure. Yeah, I, I, You did a bunch of that kind I of stuff. I did a bunch of that stuff, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Anything worth, uh, uh, getting arrested over? Uh, I mean, I certainly couldn't have been arrested many times. I wasn't. Okay. okay. Yeah, I didn't do anything like wrong. Or well, let me say that. Let me rephrase it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't throw this at a at a institution or a dumpster or a, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like it, okay. it was. It was. Um, it was in the middle of a street somewhere where we I were. See. Yeah, and uh, still illegal, I guess. Um, and come to think of it, let me just let me just say this. Okay. I'm not sure I was the one who threw it. Okay. All right. That's I may good. have just you been around. Say that. You should say that. Yeah. Yeah, I see that wink yeah. in your... Okay, all right, I got you. <laughs> there was no you. wink. <laughs> <laughs> all right, do you remember... Um, uh, did you ever uh, have rollerblade Barbie with your sister or with your um My sister daughter? had Barbies. Uh, my daughter had Barbies. Yeah. I have had to play with Barbies. Yep. I do not remember any rollerblade So rollerblade Barbie, Barbie um, uh, as it says, was on had rollerblades. And the, the rollerblades, um, if you... Put the doll on the on the on a flat surface, and then roll the rollerblades, you know, with her uh, over a surface. Then it was supposed to have like sparks flying out the back, as if she's going really fast, and that was really cool. Oh, I do remember the you like remember a that? commercial or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sparks flying out. Sparks her. flying out of her out of, out of the out of like the heels, skates, like she's right. going super fast, you know, uh-huh. like, like flash lightning or something. Yeah. Um, it was the same mechanism as cigarette lighters. Okay, a little flint and a wheel. Exactly. Uh-huh. The problem is, if you roll her like that over anything that's flammable, there's actual sparks, actual fire coming out the back, and it would set things on fire. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah, that would have been terrible with all of the gasoline laying around the house. <laughs> what cat, What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. I mean, what, what would be flammable that someone would run her over? A piece of paper. Oh, a piece of paper know. on a table? The, were fires actually started? Yeah, fires were actually started. On paper? I think so. I don't know, man. That sounds fishy to me. Maybe. As one who's used a lighter a lot, and not for smoking. Um, I was just familiar with lighting off yeah, yeah, yeah. bottle rockets and yeah. fireworks yeah, no, and stuff like that. But it doesn't take... It, you know, how many times... Not too many hoverboards caught on fire either. Yeah. But... Enough of them. Yeah, I, I mean, it seems like maybe someone intentionally started a fire with it, or or they were running it in the garage over some like oil, oil rags, yeah, some like some kerosene spill or something. I don't know. That seems, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you that lighters are not that uh, are not that great at lighting fire, but they do light fires. Yeah, and you get kids, and they're just out of control. They're doing all kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Well, that Barbie. She causes more problems. She's she is a troublemaker. There's no question about that. For sure. Have you sure. ever seen how many jobs she's had? She's had a lot of jobs. She's and, had a, and probably I mean I guess Ken has been the staple, but there's a lot of men in her life too, isn't there? Uh, I think so. But Ken is yeah, Ken's basically the 
I no, there's been men in her life. I don't think she's had a lot of boyfriends though. I think that kidding. goes against yeah. the Barbie uh, <laughs> ethos there. Yeah, she Ken Ken is her man. For sure, for sure. Yeah. But she's had a lot of jobs. She's had a lot of jobs. She has um lived a lot of places. Yes, she has. She's had a Corvette. Yes. She has a Barbie mansion and a yes. pool. Yes. And all kinds of, of fancy clothes. All kinds of Barbie stuff. is spoiled. <laughs> Very spoiled. But she's also an astronaut and yeah. a uh computer programmer and uh-huh. a ballerina and you know And she has accessories for all of these things. All of that stuff. All yeah. of that stuff. Yeah. Maybe we know a little bit too much about Barbies. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. So uh I'm a little embarrassed about that. We should probably cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh <laughs> hey, where's, where's your Barbie where's... collection? <laughs> <laughs> uh let's let's cut it off there and but we still have some more. So let the next time we'll we'll pick it up and we'll do some more Sounds good. of these crazy toys. Thanks for listening to the Hopper Podcast. Let's keep the conversation going about things that matter and things that don't. Write us at the Hopper Podcast at gmail.com or record a short voice memo on your phone and send it to the Hopper Podcast at gmail.com. Join us next time where we'll discuss Frankenberry cereal. Oh, it's delicious. I'm sure you know someone who needs to hear that show. Be a pal and share the Hopper goodness. Send them a link, and if they still don't listen, leave a dump in their toilet that Mr. Clean can't handle. Okay. Be sure to subscribe or follow. Special thanks this week. Go to our tax consultant, Lou Pohl. Thank you, Lou.